create content that people will share. If you put something out and you think about like, oh, if I saw this on my feed, I wouldn't share it. Don't release it. I see so many people making that mistake all the time. They'll put something out and it'll be like, do you even like that? Would you share that? Can you honestly say that if you saw that in your feed, you'd share that with your group chat? You wouldn't. This is for the others out there. The other ambitious people who want to play at a higher level in their life. It's time to get curious and get real. Join me and together, let's find the others. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Find the Others podcast. I am your host, Joshua Church. Grateful to have you with us. New episodes are dropping every Wednesday and Sunday, so be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can get the notification when a new episode comes out. And give me a follow on Instagram at Joshua Dean Church to catch different clips and highlights that I post. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, you find something that might be valuable, please be sure to share it with a friend who also might be into it so that together we can continue to grow our tribe of others. Today, we got a great conversation queued up with Frank Michael Smith. Frank is a sports storyteller, content specialist, and northern white rhinoceros. If you're a sports fan, you've probably seen him on your feed. He writes, records, edits, stars in, and publishes sports content every single day. In his 14 months, he's amassed over 1.1 million total followers, 240,000 YouTube subscribers, and over 150 million total views. Pretty wild. We talked a lot about the transition from him going off on his own to make this a reality, his mindset of being a content creator, the future of storytelling, and the key to his rapid success. Check out his YouTube channel, which is in the show notes, and give him a follow on TikTok at Frank Michael Smith to see more. Without further ado, hope you enjoy this conversation with Frank Michael Smith. Frank Michael Smith. Hello, bro. Josh, what's going on? It's good to be here, man. Yeah, happy to have you here. You got the your setup is like it's prime time. It's uh it's always nice doing interviews with uh with creators online because you can always trust that the audio is gonna be good, Wi-Fi is gonna be good, and uh setup's gonna look sharp. So I love it. Yeah, a Zoom Pro. No, I totally feel <laughs> you. It's it's you know, they they don't have the Wi-Fi disconnecting, like let's pray I keep it together here. Yeah, yeah, it looks good. I can tell you put some you put some love into that uh into that background there. I tried, man. Yeah, I, I built all this stuff. This is a spare bedroom in my place. Awesome. And and you're up in LA, right? I am, yeah. So I'm in the valley right now. Got it. Very cool. Um, dude, I gotta start off by asking um about the sweatshirt. It's, <laughs> a, leg- right. it's a legendary sweatshirt, and I see it in all of your content. What's the backstory? Yeah, the backstory is it's uh it's about efficiency actually. I got this. Well, it was actually not this hoodie. This isn't the original one. I had one like it, and I wore it for one of my videos. Like if you go back to the beginning of my library, you'll see I wasn't always wearing this hoodie or the one that was like it. But mm-hmm. I, I, it was like, you know, trying to pump out one video a day takes enough time. Trying to pick out an outfit, a new outfit every day on top of that, it's just time I didn't have. So I did one video with this hoodie and people were like, hey, man, it's a pretty cool hoodie. And I liked it, too. It's comfortable. So I was like, all right, this is just going to be part of the character. I'm going to roll with it. And uh, 
it's been that way for almost a year now. So I'm, <laughs> it's just part of, it's just part of my act. I love it. And it's like the, the colors are dope. It's, it's part of the branding. Like I see the colors on, on your YouTube and, and things like that. So it's pretty cool. Um, I, I love what you said there though, about like building the character and now it's part of the character. Tell me more about that character that you are, you've built and that you're building. Well, the character is just really me. There's yeah. no, it, it's not really an act at all. Like, I guess by act, I just mean part of the performance, mm. but it's just me. It, I, I really try hard when I speak to the camera. I mean, it is a little weird. I just look at this camera alone in my spare bedroom for like 50 minutes and record six videos. But when I'm doing that, I try to talk just like you and I are talking right yeah. now. I don't try and put on a big sports caster, you know, bass in my voice. You see people do that where they sound super sensational. It's I always wanted to try and connect with people as Frank and mm. I I've had some good feedback. I think I'm doing a good job. I love it. Yeah. I, I always like to think, and I and I hope this is the case, but the authenticity, like you can't fake the authenticity. And when you're being genuine and sincere and it, it translates across camera, it translates across content and people really vibe with that. I think people really latch on to that and are looking for that or craving that because it gives them permission to do the same, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, you know, I mostly do sports, but I don't always just tell stories. Sometimes I'll give opinions and I think that adds to the authenticity. It's like, Hey, yeah. this is the way I'm feeling today. Maybe you agree. Maybe this is enlightening. So it's just people getting to know me. Yeah, for sure. So you're a very talented storyteller and I, and I love and appreciate the art of storytelling. Um, it seems like you've had a lot of practice telling stories just through your, through your content that you've created, but was that always, was that something that you had an interest in from a younger age or is that something more recently you realized like, Oh, I can tell these stories. How did that, how did that birth? Uh, mm. all right. Well, I started making YouTube videos in like 2009 and they were, they weren't storytelling videos though. They were highlight mixes. I was never on camera. I was just editing and they would do pretty, like some would do well. Like they would get a yeah. hundred thousand views. Of course I couldn't make any money on it. I didn't own any of it. It wasn't original content. And this is back when YouTube would just give you strikes and delete your account. So it was super discouraging. It wasn't like today where they're just like, okay, all the money you make in this video will go to who owns the audio. Mm. But yeah, those weren't storytelling videos. I guess that would have to be during my time at Clutch Points. We started doing what we called mini documentaries and I would help write the script and voice those over and I, I wouldn't do all the editing, but I would, I was like the final step in the editing. So those are the first storytelling videos I did. And when I went out on my own, I was basically like, Hey, I think I could do this in one minute. Hmm. And, and has that been like the, the recipe is, is to these bite-sized stories? Has that been what's really connecting with people? Are you finding? Yeah. Like, you know, when you watch a video on YouTube and it'll be like the first minute is just bait. It's like a gigantic intro and there's just a lot of fluff, a lot of fat on the video. I found our mini documentaries to be like this. And I was like, you know, what would be refreshing is if someone cut all the fat off these videos and just told you what you wanted and then I, you know, there's layers to it. Like I make it educational, entertaining, but that's the recipe. Yeah. Super cool. So, so you've been in the, you've been in the YouTube game since 09. Early YouTube. Yeah. It was Early way different, like grainy, old, like pixelated YouTube. And did you get into that just like you had passion for video and editing and film or how'd you get into that? Yeah, I think I, I did. We used to always mess around when we were kids and make yeah 
movies and off our terrible cameras, but iMovie stuff like iMovie quality and just mess like around. We would go like we would go sledding and like film like I, I shouldn't say we like it was really it was really me who who wanted to film it, but I would force everyone else to like take part in it. it like I, I don't know, I just thought it was fun to record things. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Did you ever think that you would build a career in that space at that time? Yeah, I did. I thought it was going. Yeah, I thought I really wanted to find a way to fuse like my passion for sports and art. And I didn't think it would look like this, but here it is. Yeah. So, so take me through the evolution because you're you're from Pittsburgh, right? I am. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you move out to when did you move out to L.A.? Were you were you working with Clutch Points already, or was that was that out here in L.A.? I was I was working with them, um, but not as an employee. I was like partnered with them. I started my own how would you call it like independent e-commerce store where I would sell Mm -hmm. like kids that put stickers on their laptops and like viral t-shirt designs. I had a business where I sold those and a lot of them were sports inspired. So I partnered with clutch points to do that. It was going pretty well. And then 2017, I moved out to actually become an employee. Gotcha. So you, you were always entrepreneurial minded and just like hustling from, from the get go. It seems like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like since I was a little kid, like shoveling driveways. Yeah, I love that. I love that that thread. And and Clutch Points is a, a media company that focuses on uh, sports highlights or sports uh, education content. Just I would just call it sports media. Sports media, sweet. So that was how you got into sports media. And then uh, when did you spin off? This was somewhat, somewhat recently, right? When you when you just spun over off and... a year ago. Yeah. April 7th, I put out my first video. Got, so, got it. 2020, of course. And you're full time focusing on your stuff now? Yeah, I've been full time for almost a year now. So, yeah, full time. What, what was that shift like jumping from working or collaborating with a company with sports media company into your own thing? Busy. Yeah. Like being a one man show. Like I, I, I have people that help me now. I have someone who helps me edit. I have someone who helps me write. I mean, still a very small team, but my first like 200 videos, it was just me doing every yeah. single step. So just busy trying to do a video a day like that was like, excruciatingly long hours yeah what, what what's the importance of consistency i hear that a bunch with youtube content creation to just you know like you're just saying a video a day pumping it out what was kind of the recipe or the formula that you put in your mind of like okay this is what i'm going to focus on strategy well if, if i didn't have to i wouldn't do it i would give mm-hmm. myself a break but that's just not how the algorithms are set up it's it's almost like you get docked points if you skip a day and you know, every once in a while, I will skip a day. Like I'm not posting on TikTok today because the video I put out is nine minutes long. So, you know, it's a rare occasion, but I'm missing one day. I'll never miss two. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's just what you have to do being a creator. I, I wish the rules weren't set up this way, but they are. For the algorithm to, to pick you up and to, to get higher rankings and feeds and get onto the feed, you've got to be just more content they reward that it seems like they dock you if you're not yeah and it's different like i'm not saying this is the way like youtube and tiktok are the same but generally speaking you want to be posting very consistently you want to have a schedule mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting and, it, and so it seems like um and what I've, i i love i love following your stuff man i love watching from the sidelines and kind of watching you grow this you, your brand in this community and, and i do feel like 
um, you are and you do a great job of of really cultivating a community of people. Would you would you say that? Would you say that you feel like you have a community? You're building a community of of, of real people out there. Trying to for yeah. for the Rhino Gang out there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, know, tell me about the Rhino Gang. Someone thought I looked like a rhino. I pulled it on Instagram. Everyone said they like 80% agreed that I look like a rhinoceros, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. And uh, I have even had some people reaching out. They're like, hey, man, like I know you've been taking a lot of heat lately, like people calling you a rhino, like just want to let you know you don't look like a rhino, which I laughed even more. Of course, I don't look like a rhinoceros. I mean, <laughs> I think I think some people actually believe it now, but it just became a joke and it, it was funny to me. And uh, now I call all the people that support the content, the Rhino Gang. Rhino Gang. <laughs> Rhino Gang. It is. And Rhino Gang is growing, huh? Yeah, man. And rhinos are pretty cool animals. Like, there's a lot weirder animals you could be, you know, synonymous with. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say the rhino's a pretty, pretty dope mascot. <laughs> so so how many um uh it seems like it happened fast but i guess that's the way it always seems when you're you know in it it's a slow consistent build but but how so how how big has your youtube following grown your your tiktok what's that process been like for you yeah for a long time it was just 95 percent tiktok and then got it i figured out the trick to how to get youtube shorts to really blow my youtube channel up and now I'm, I'm more YouTube than TikTok. Mm. It's, I just passed 100 million views on YouTube, if that tells wow. me. Wow. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. That's a big milestone. 100 million views. Thank you. So it's, it's still those two. You know, there's nothing close to YouTube or TikTok. Yeah. I don't, I don't try. I, I know how to grow an Instagram. You have to post reels. It's, they're 30 seconds long. I don't do mm -hmm. any 30-second videos, so... You know, if I had the time in the day to shorten those to 30 seconds, I'd do it, but I just don't right now. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a combination. It's growing pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. 30 seconds is short. Like I'm all about bite-sized no. contact. 30 seconds is real short. Super short. It was 15. They upped it to 30. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. I, I go through for, for each one of these, I post a little 30 second snippet, a little 30 second reel. And sometimes it's very difficult to like get a little bite. That's enough of a little nugget at 30 seconds. It's sometimes so short. I know. I, I hope they end up upping it to one minute because you, it's kind of a trend like TikTok. Uh, not everyone has this feature now, but they, they let you post three minute videos now. But TikTok lets you do three minute. Three minute. Yeah. I'm not sure people want that, but you can do it. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Oh, man. Well, a hundred million views on YouTube. Uh, it's a long way from, from nine, from, from uh, middle school or high school posting sledding videos, uh, with your, with your friends. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> and those went, those went on YouTube. If you really dig, you can find those. That's great. Up. Um, how do you balance? I think this is something that I, I'm always curious to hear from, from creators about, um, how do you balance like playing the game and not getting too caught looking at the scoreboard, not too focused on the scoreboard with like metrics and analytics and likes and views while also focusing on content, but using those metrics to inform how you're doing or how to be do better. What's your, what's your philosophy or mindset on that? I'm a really competitive person. It, like, I, I like looking at the scoreboard. I like looking at, like, you know, here's here's this person I compare myself against or this company I compare myself against, and either I'm winning or I'm losing. You know, like, 
comparing myself to other channels like or pages i'll do i like mm-hmm. I, I it's more fun to me when you compete but if i'm talking about my own personal content i also look at the scoreboard but i i guess this is probably a good way to answer it tiktok for example feels extremely unfair sometimes you'll have i'll have a video that i know does well kills it on youtube has great average watch time on tiktok I, over a thousand shares on TikTok and it just won't get pushed to the for you page. I can't explain it, but you know, looking at the scoreboard helps. You're like, okay, I know the stats are good. I did a good job. Mm-hmm. I like the video. I'm proud of what I put out. What else can you do? It's out of my control. I like that. Yeah. That's an, that's an interesting thought on, on using that to, to really inspire, motivate you to, to play your game even more, to compete even more. So that's, yeah, that's, that's really, that's really interesting. Like I put myself up against clutch points all the time. I want to beat them. Like I want to win. I like, I love looking at my stats on YouTube and seeing that I get way more views than they get. It's, it feels satisfying. It feels like the right thing happened. And if they jump ahead of me, like I'm going to work even harder. So it's a, it's a fire that, that, that keeps you burning. It keeps, keeps that, keeps that fire lit under your butt to keep moving. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. That's cool. I love that's playing cool. the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's a cool perspective. I, I, I really dig that. And what do you, what do you think? What are you seeing in terms of trends of like how I feel like you're pretty close into watching how you know watch times and just watching how people engage with media. How like how how do we engage with media and and where do you see that evolving or how do you see that evolving if at all? From a super broad perspective, how does like like young people engage with social yeah. media. Yeah. Let's start from a broad perspective and then we can micro in. Man, I don't, I'm not even sure how to answer that. Like it's, how do we engage with media? Like to your phone? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's so broad. I, I'm not sure. From like a, yeah. So from like a, like, I, I know the short content seems like our attention span is pretty short. So we like sh- short, the short content, but then I see like a lot of YouTube videos are, you know, eight, 10, 15 minutes long. Okay. I see from a, from like an average watch time perspective. It's funny. Like I'll post the same video. You'll just see that people on different platforms, once you open a certain app, there's an expectation there. Mm-hmm. Like your expectation on TikTok is like, I'm going to be done with this video. And if I don't like it in five seconds, I'm out on YouTube. You probably have to watch an ad before it even starts. So you're like, all right, if I'm committing to the ad, I'm going to give it a little bit of time. You'll see the average watch time on there much longer. Instagram, probably much closer to TikTok. But I mean, a good example is I'll post the same video as a YouTube short and TikTok. And the average watch time, if I get to like 35 seconds on a 59 second video on TikTok, it's really good. Mm. That same video, exact same video, thumbnail, everything, title, like literally same. On YouTube will usually be like 52 seconds. Like people just watch videos longer on there. It's the way it is. It's behavioral. Yeah. I, I wonder, I wonder if that's also because it's like, it's so much easier on TikTok to just like, okay, and go to the next and YouTube. Definitely part you of it. Go... It's, it's, it's high. It's fast paced. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, and so do you consume, like, uh, how, how do you, cause you consume, you must consume a lot of content for getting inspiration for these different stories that you're telling or for these different videos that you're creating. How do you balance the creation of content and the consumption of content? Uh, I wish I could consume more. I yeah. wish I could, I wish I like, I wish I could watch more sports, but I, I try to watch like 
at least most of one game every single day. And I don't always get there. I think you were mostly talking about social media. I wake up, I'll scroll on my phone for like half an hour. I'm not one of those people that has like a super rigid routine. It's not what Mm -hmm. I do. It just doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I'll wake up. I'll take it easy. If I feel like just absolutely getting after it, I'll do that. If I feel like just, you know, screwing around on my phone, watching TikToks for a half hour, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. I just, I just make sure I get my work done. And then everything after that just kind of comes and goes. I, I'll consume if I feel like it. I'll, you know, yeah, just live my life. I don't yeah. Know. I feel that. Do you, uh, do you like plan? Do you plan the, like the day before that day? Do you, do you hit, you know, I mean, I'm sure cause you're, pre- you're, you're releasing, if you're releasing a video a day, you've got to have like some sort of cue that you're building there. How does that, how does that process work? Yeah. So, so I told you one video a day gets produced mm-hmm. and I was, uh, before I had an editor helping me, I struggled to do one video a day. Like it was horrible, but now I have a guy helping me and I'm trying to actually manufacture two videos a day and build a backlog. Mm -hmm. So kind of the, the infrastructure I have in place is either I'll write it or I'll collaborate with the guy who helps me write. And, you know, we'll get the script settled and I don't film every day. Like today I'm filming, you know, it's just cause turning all these lights on and everything is kind of annoying. Like once your setup gets nice, it looks beautiful, but it's more time consuming. Yeah. I'll just pick a day I'm filming and I'll film like eight of them and I'll just bang out all eight and then go from there. And, and you, you put together a script to make sure like, cause I can imagine it's gotta be difficult to get everything you want into a one minute video like that. So you do, you put together a script. Is it a loose script? Is it like a word for word script that you write ahead of time? It's pretty tight. It's yeah. like, I'll make sure, like, I just have a good feel for it being 59 seconds now. Yeah. But you know, I, I'll end up saying one word differently when I'm actually on camera and I'll right. just, when I actually go back to make the captions, I'll just change it. Yeah. You've got, you've got like an internal ticker that goes the pretty good gauge of where you're at for 59 seconds at this point. Pretty good. And then, you know, if it comes out to like one minute, one second, I just chop part of it off like i do the jump yeah. cuts so i can just make it even tighter right right and and where do you get the inspiration because some of these some of these videos some of these topics are are pretty are pretty cool like that there aren't that are not on just you know front cover of espn or whatnot so where do you get your inspiration for this obviously watching sports nonstop. you know consuming content like goes back to your question before like it's it's a little different for me. Like, yeah, I'm scrolling Instagram, but also I follow a lot of sports pages and if they have an interesting post, I'll be like, Oh, that that could be a video. Or I was watching a 30 for 30. Like that's how I did the story of Hakeem Olajuwon and the baggage handler the other day. Mm. I was watching a 30 for 30. I like, cause I like watching them. I saw this little bit and I was like, that's a story. So I used that credit to five slam a jamma. And you know, just just day by day, like I have a good feel for something being like, that's a story. Fans will reach out to me, like they'll DM me stuff. My writer is super creative with these stories. Like he'll have a bunch of ideas every day. Um, there's no shortage of that, which always surprises people. people yeah. Be, oh, like, what are you going to do when you're done doing these origin stories? Because that's what most of them were at the beginning was like, how did this little kid grow up to become your favorite athlete we're like what are you going to do and that runs out and i was never worried about it because i i have the format they don't have to be origin stories right right you find another topic that's like an origin story and then it unlocks you know thousands of potentials of videos just through that alone my like four of my 
five most popular YouTube videos have nothing to do with sports at all. They're just mm. like, they're talking about people's net worth. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I see that. So, I mean, it makes sense because you're because you're you're looking for the stories to tell. Right. So like as you're going about your day, you're getting these little hits of inspiration left and right. And you're like, oh, that's a story. That's a story. That's a story. And then you're logging it all. Is that is that kind of what it sounds like? Yeah, I just have a little note in my phone. And uh, if I see something I like, I just write it down, come back to it yeah. later. Is there is there a favorite video that you've produced or story that you've shared? Yeah, there is. I like the one about. This one's loosely about sports, but it was one of the first ones I made. And it was the first time that I got reposted by big accounts too. like the, I remember the score reposted it. That was really cool. Shout out to my guys at Dunk. They reposted it. Maybe a couple others too, but it was about all the athletes, the Kardashians or Jenners have dated, <laughs> but I wasn't talking about it in that sense. I, I was pretending like they were general managers of a team. So I would That's say like, funny. so I would say like, Oh, and then in 2012, Chloe flipped Lamar Odom for James Harden in a, in a, in a deal that just got her below the salary cap. Like I would say stuff like that. It's one of my <laughs> earliest ones. I'm not even wearing the hoodie in it. Yeah. And, uh, it was super creative and funny. It was a change of pace. It's still my favorite. Yeah, that's cool. And it got it got picked up pretty pretty widely. It got got a lot of love. Yeah, I get it. Let me know that like, oh okay, like this. I'm doing the right thing because I was yeah. only like I was that was like my fourth video, and to get picked up that quickly, it was like I gotta I gotta keep doing this every day. Right. Was there ever a point where you thought, ah, oh, maybe this won't work? sounds like that happened pretty quickly. You had confidence in yourself, but were, was there ever like a, a challenging moment or a point where you were like, oh, let's, let's, let's shift to something else. It's been a lot of challenging moments, but never a moment like that. Like I had zero followers on TikTok and I was getting like a hundred thousand views. Like it, my, I had this idea about cutting the fat off, like we talked about, and mm -hmm. it worked like, you know, my first video, it's not like it got a hundred thousand views in the first hour. But like in the first few days, like it accumulated quite a few and it let me know right away, like, okay, this is, this style is going to work. Right. There's a style here that is going to work. So that's, and man, shout out to you for seeing that and feeling like there's a style here of media that is not being, that the consumer is not consuming right now. And I'm going to go try this style out. I'm going to go test it out. And it's, it's been working, huh? Yeah. And I, for anyone that's like an aspiring creator listening, like just know my studio didn't look like this. Like if you go yeah. back and watch that Kardashian video, I filmed it off my seven plus with a $50 mic from target. Like it mm -hmm. had no lighting. So it's, it wasn't like, Oh yeah, let me load up on all this professional equipment and then go. It was like, right. oh, let me test it with this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What other, what other advice do you have to any, uh, any creators out there or aspiring creators? Um, create content that people will share. If you have, if you put something out and you think about like, oh, if I saw this on my feed, I wouldn't share it. Don't release it. Hmm. I see so many people making that mistake all the time. They'll put something out and it'll be like, do you even like that? Would you share that? Can you honestly say that if you saw that in your feed, you'd share that with your group chat? You wouldn't. I like that. Creating the shareable, shareable content in that way. Yeah. That's the only way you'll ever succeed on social media. That's how it works. That's the only way to grow. Right, right. 
social. It's a social platform, so you gotta create content that uh, that that people will want to be social with. And of course, there's other ways to be discovered. Like these algorithms have YouTube's homepage, YouTube's recommended, TikTok's for you page. But how you get into those is because they see people sharing your content. Mm-hmm. They know like that's the biggest stat. So, yeah. Do you see any? Do you see anything shifting? in in the way that we consume content either on youtube or like i mean do you see any new platforms coming up or like tiktok was a was a big thing that happened do you do you see anything like that from the inside that are any trends that you think content's going to move more in this direction or there's new platforms or new players is there any insight you have into that yeah i think we're going to see a big shift towards uh subscription models for creators. I like Patreon does a great job of this. I'm thinking of starting a Patreon. You just saw Apple the other day, they released subscription models for podcasts. I'm not Mm. literally happened yesterday. I'm, I'm or the day before, but you know, I'm not sure how that even works yet, but I'm almost positive. What it means is certain podcasts you listen to like this one, Josh, you could say, I'm going to put out one episode a week that all my diehard fans can pay $3 for something Mm -hmm, like that. mm -hmm. There's a big shift in actually paying creators. And finally, Facebook is jumping on. It's, you know, IGTV has ads, not for everyone yet. I have it. I probably have made about seven cents, but (laughs) it's coming. And I really think creators are going to start getting paid and, and start getting close to their value. Yeah. When, what, why do you think that is? Because they see others doing it. You're going to have to keep up. They're competitive too. It's like, yeah. well, if YouTube's going to pay a $5 CPM, you know, that means $5 per every thousand ads someone sees in your video, then TikTok's going to have to do something. And they created their partner program. So now TikTok's paying. Now Instagram's going to do it. Patreon just released this. Apple just did this. So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. they're in a competition for content too. Yeah. Interesting. I, I, I see a shift. I, I don't know. I'm, I've been seeing this recently, but I've been seeing the shift of similar to what you're saying, but really people wanting to be part of communities where they can interact with the creator and with each other as followers of the creator. And, and these, these other, these social media platforms really don't, there's a few other ones. I know, I don't know if you're, you know, discord or circle, like there's a few of these, I think discord has been big with gamers and YouTube, but there's a few of these platforms that I see that are really starting to pop off, um, around the community aspect to that. Are you seeing that at all? Yeah, I've definitely seen that. I don't really take part in any of these, but I, I don't think I really have time to, but I, I want to create one for myself. I yeah. had someone uh, create a Reddit for me. Uh, I had someone that was interested in creating a Discord, but I didn't really trust him. Yeah, I'm thinking about doing a Patreon, like I said. Mm-hmm. Something like this is going to happen for for my crew, for the Rhino Gang, pretty for soon. The Rhino Gang. Um, but yeah, I, it's totally a trend, especially like Discord right now. That's the, I think that's probably like the newest player. Yeah, yeah, I know because they started for for gamers, and then they did a whole rebrand recently. They raised a ton of money. They started picking up users left and right. So I've I've been I've been I've been looking at that because I also feel like I don't know if you feel this way or you see this. I know these these big giant tech companies. I've been seeing a lot of people unhappy with some of the censorship and with a lot of this like it's just the the tech 
you know, these tech giants that are controlling the media and controlling our lives in that way that they're like, I, I'm starting to see or get a sense of people wanting to like, wanting to depart how much they do that. I don't know, because it's still is such a part of our everyday life. Do you see that at all? Big tech controlling our lives? Yeah. Do you see people deciding like, I don't want to build re reliance on Facebook or Instagram, for example, because definitely, definitely. And that's why you see people doing Patreon subscription, mm -hmm. you know, maybe their own white labeled website. Right. Because at any moment, the algorithm could change. It's like we're playing by the rules. You're playing by the rules, like you mentioned. And someone's like, this isn't fair. You're playing by the rules that somebody else is setting at any moment. They could just like change a change a guideline or change a rule and it's, it's constant ad adaptation to that versus you creating yeah. and owning it it was ridiculous when when there was a rumor every other month or week about tiktok being deleted for like six right. months right and you know like like i said i wasn't always just youtube and tiktok for a long time it was like tiktok is 95 percent of my views if that goes down I was, I was worried. I wasn't like freaking out, but I was like, this is going to be really hard. And thank God it didn't happen. But yeah, something like that could happen. You know, Facebook changed the rules like two years ago where they stopped promoting brands, pa brand mm -hmm. pages by like 50%. You saw some media companies right. go out of business. So yeah, I, I definitely want to diversify. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, the, Though, so Patreon is is the is the thing that you're looking at right now and excited about. I'm looking at it. Yeah, I mean they charge they they they're definitely like pro creator. They're I think they have good intentions. Like they actually want to see creators succeed, but they yeah. take a lot of money. They have oh, like, do they? Yeah, there's other ones too, but I think theirs is the best, and they charge a lot. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably gonna do it. Got it. And right now, like where in the, in the, cre in the creator space, do you like, does, do you make most of the income from ad spend? Does it come from merchandise? Like what, what's, what do you see there? And, and what do you focus on? Right now, most of my income is from brand deals and brand deals. that's been great. It's been super refreshing because we barely had any of it at clutch points. And it's always very confusing to me, mm -hmm. but yeah, I am right now. It's, it's most of my income, but I also make money from YouTube. I make money from TikTok. Um, I do sell the hoodie. I'm, all, I'm nearly sold out right now. I only have youth sizes left, but uh, that's 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 pretty minor stuff. I just do that for the fans. I don't make a whole lot of money doing that. Yeah, just for the Rhino Gang. Got to keep Rhino Gang happy. Yeah, I even made Rhino Gang merch. It doesn't it doesn't look like this. They're separate hoodies. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I like that. I feel like that helps build the build that community for sure. And and the brand so like what is a brand partnership? What does a brand partnership look like? It's a brand that, you know, that aligns or has the same following that you have or you guys share that same similar audience and they want to get their message ideally, out to them. Yeah. Ideally it looks like that, but oftentimes it's just like uh you know, there's a, there's one-off posts and there's actual like partnerships. Mm. So for a partnership, you want to be aligned. Like you said, for a one-off post, it's usually like, oh, this brand's, they're sponsoring a TikTok trend. Let's make a TikTok for them. And I'm, I'm not hating on it at all. It's like, that's, that's one way to go about it, but it's, it's like, oh, cool. Like you're going to be in contact with Under Armour for a week, make this video. And then I'm like, all right, see you later. <laughs> yeah, totally. Do, do you feel like there's a, 
a lot of people are talking about this, but do you feel like there's a there's like a, a formula or a way to hack uh, virality or um, something that blows up, or do you feel like it's it it is uh, comes from that just an inspiring place of just authentic creation or some sort of combination of both? No, I don't think there's any way to hack it. You have to create content people will share, and you have to have a high average watch time. That's it. That's the formula. Yeah. Because I see so many people talking about or trying to sell like, here's how you can go viral and, you know, in five days, here's how you can grow a million people and or, or send your video viral or build authority. And so I was curious to get your take on that. If you feel like, you know, authority is something that you and virality is something that you can, you know, hack and build in that way. I mean, look, there's a lot of like tips I could give you, but at the end of the day, it's you could do all of these things. And if people aren't sharing your video, if your content's yeah. not strong enough to keep people retained for like, you know, on TikTok, like I said, 35 seconds, if you're putting out a minute video, then nothing will happen. You know, you, you have to, you have to have good content first and then do all these like layers on top of it. An example might be like titling and thumbnailing on YouTube. Mm -hmm. You don't have a title and a strong thumbnail. It's really going to hurt, but none of that matters if your content's not good. Right. Yeah. So don't get the cart before the horse. Focus on good content that is that people will share. And then, you know, there's uh, tons of it sounds like tips and things to to help increase your chances of success or set you up for success. But that's that's the main thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you, it's, you have to have a foundation because think about it, like what you're doing is getting people to click on your video. You're competing against all the other, other videos on like YouTube, for example. Okay, you, you get them to click on yours in the homepage out of all these other videos. All right, now once you have them there, you have to keep them there or else YouTube will never show you on the homepage again. They'll see mm -hmm. that everyone's watching your video for five seconds and clicking away because it sucks. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Frank, I want to I want to chat with you uh, briefly here about some of these you mentioned earlier. Like, there's certainly been some challenging times. Um, if you don't mind, I'd be curious to hear like what what was what was a challenging time as you've embarked on this endeavor? Like, what what, what was it? What was a challenging time that came that comes to mind that that you you know you persevered through or that you that you worked through as you've been doing this? Yeah, I'd, I'd say splitting with clutch points. Um, they dismissed me. They fired me. So that was really tough. Um, I was confident in myself that I could do this on my own, but you know, it's, it's hard. It's it, like being a one man show is difficult. Like I talked about, I do every single step myself, work excruciatingly long hours and you, you're not making any money at first. So you, you kind of just banking on the strategy working. So you have to believe in yourself more than anyone else does. And I think I did that and it's worked out for me, but I'm not going to lie to you and say that I was chilling the whole time. Like I was, it was stressful. Yeah. In grind mode, huh? Definitely. Yeah. And what, and what was the reason that you were dismissed with clutch points? <laughs> it's a longer story than I probably yeah. have time to tell, but <laughs> essentially they, uh, they thought I was competing against the company because I had my own TikTok account. Turns out, like, it's not true at all. I even offered to them that they can repost anything they want. And mm -hmm. I, offered to, I offered to work with them in any and all respect. Mm -hmm. And it's something they should have taken advantage of. I'm sure they feel really silly about it now. Yeah. But instead of like, hey, we have this great thing going on, 
they told me that I was like violating a non-compete agreement, which doesn't hold up in California. Right. Right. And they, and they, they off, they, they kept asking me like to give me the account. They wanted to take my name and password and rebrand it. I was like, absolutely not. That's not happening. Yeah. So yeah, they fired me over it and I, I'm, I'm really happy. I didn't budge. It was the right decision. Yeah. I was going to say, looking back, I'm sure that was tough going through it. How, what, what's your, how's your perspective shifted on that as time has gone on? Oh my God. It was the best decision I ever made in my life. Yeah. Easily. It, it's, it's like, it's like top five. <laughs> if it's not number one, it's top five. Like it's, it, it couldn't have been a better situation because like I said earlier, like check the scoreboard. I'm crushing them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's something that, uh, that, do you know, Tim Grover? Um, he's, uh, he's rewrote the book relentless. He was uh, Michael Jordan's trainer. Yeah. And, um, no, yeah, I know. He, I know. Yeah. In last dance he was in it. Yeah, that's right. He was in last dance. Yeah. He's, he's got a crazy, crazy cool story. Um, if you haven't read that book relentless, definitely worth a read. It'll light you up. Um, and, and he talks about that everybody needs, Everybody needs to have a what he calls a fuck you watch me moment where you basically have to tell somebody fuck you watch me like I'm going to go do this thing now and I'm going to use this inspiration. So it sounds like that was a big fuck you watch me moment that is uh, that has fueled you through this last year plus big fuck you watch me moment. That's a great way to put it. I want to read that chapter. Dude, yeah, you. I think you'd really like the book. It's, I mean, every every chapter is like that, where it's just like it's a nugget like that that you're like, oh man. And he just and he he dives into like the difference between people who are great and then the greats, like working with Kobe, with Dwayne Wade, with Michael Jordan. And it's just it it, it just like I, I will tell you, don't don't read it. I usually like to read before I go to sleep. Not a book that you do that because you will not be able to sleep. You'll just get too lit up. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm really bad at doing that anyway. I, I, reading puts me to bed so quickly. And so yeah. does, uh, so do audiobooks. I, I tried, I thought I was, cause you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I was yeah. like, oh, audiobooks will be great. No, they're like a sleeping pill. Yep. Especially when the, when the person who reads it is not the author. You can tell so quickly. I can't yeah. stand it. That's my one rule with audiobooks. Has to be the author that, that reads it, or else I won't rule. listen to it. It's a definitely a good rule. And I, I don't know. Maybe it's easy to check and I'm just not checking. Yeah. 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 It's it, they, they, in audible, they'll say like read by the author. I'll double check. And I'm like super disappointed when I find a book that I want to read and it's like, not the author, oh, not the same, not the same. We like to, it's, it's like you mentioned, like we were talking about earlier, but it's about that performance. It's about, it, we, we like to see the intention behind the words and not just a script. Anybody could read the script that you're reading, but you somehow do it in a way that's authentic to yourself and in a way that, that imbues your spirit and your energy that uh, that people receive very well. Well, a lot of like spoken word is about how you say it. It's not about the words you say. It's about how you say them. Like I, I've seen a lot of people try and do what I do on TikTok or I don't know, maybe they're not inspired by me at all. They're just doing storytelling and they suck at telling stories. Like maybe their script is good, but they're monotone. They have no conviction in their voice. They don't know how to, to pause and, and emphasize certain words. Like I, like I, I really practice. I really think about this stuff and yeah, for audiobooks, the guy reading it is just like, let me get paid and get out of the studio. Right. Right. This is checking in. Ted, tell me more about that. Tell me more about that. The, the, the performance aspect of this and the storytelling and, and it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Tell me a little bit more about that. 
Yeah, like I, I like I could I could do an example. Like I could tell I could read you a script of one of my stories and just talk like I don't care. But if I talk like I care and I emphasize certain words and and really let you know that I care about this story, that this is something that I would share if it was on my timeline, that, hey, this is, I'm usually talking about things that are pretty interesting. So if I talk about it, like it's interesting, like you'd be excited to tell your friend, then you're more excited to tell a friend, you'll share it. You know, if, if I talk about it, like it's just whatever, then, you know, no one cares. Yeah, totally. That's great. Um, we're wrapping up here on time, but I want to ask, um, is there a highlight fun moment that stands out to you when you look back at this past year of going off on your own? Maybe it's, maybe it's checking the scoreboard and crushing clutch points. Maybe it's something else. Um, that's kind of tough. This really like this, this year hasn't been about fun. It's like fun to check the stats and, and see that like, okay, I'm doing what I set out to do. But I haven't, I don't know. Like you're talking about work, right? You're talking about not yeah. just like my personal life. Or your personal life, but something cool. I'm talking like in, in, the, in the pursuit of what you're doing here, like was there a moment where you're like, that's pretty cool. Like, dang, like, you know, this video either got, maybe it's crossing a hundred million views or something where you're just like, dang, like, this is pretty crazy. This is pretty cool. I don't, I didn't think that I would be doing this brand partnership, maybe something, something along those lines. Yeah. Working with Under Armour was really cool. Um, Very cool. Having, uh, having famous people follow you is really cool. Like I, I remember when LeBron's son followed me and I was like, damn, like LeBron's son, like, that's pretty cool. All right, Bryce. And like getting the hundred K plaque for YouTube was, that was cool. Um, there's been a lot of moments like that yeah. where it's just like, didn't expect that. Yeah. And that is 100K subscribers? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually over 200K now. 200K. And and, and that's, within a, is that, that's within a year? On YouTube, that's within like, yeah. like seven months. Wow. That's insane. Create, creating content that's, that's shareable. That's, that's it, huh? That's, that's what you out. do. If you teach people something, it's like this innate human thing you're like oh i didn't i know sports i that's even one of my favorite players but i didn't know that about him so i bet my friends don't know this let me share it with them right right wicked man well i love it this has been super insightful conversation i've certainly looked learned a ton i've got a whole page of notes over here um so i appreciate you uh, hopping on and sharing and uh giving some insight and in, in media and uh rhino gang of course uh is there anything that you uh that you want to share with uh with the followers here uh before yeah. we wrap josh josh i gotta ask you about the video where you're jumping in the creek and there's snow on the ground can you just take me through that real quick oh yeah for sure so i got into uh i got into the cold immersion um a couple years back are you familiar with wim hof at all do you know wim hof not no not at all cool i'll send i'll send you a youtube video on on wim hof some share some good shareable content wim hof is they call him the ice man and he's uh he's this crazy seemingly crazy dude who he's he's climbed mount everest in his shorts he's like swam underneath the polar ice cap and he's and he just does these cold immersion things and he's um he's actually doing it through a very scientific 
backing as well and he's he's shown through science how we can take control over our our subatomic um uh nervous system so we can actually increase our immunity we can boost our immune system we can decrease inflammation and decrease stress with the power of our mind and uses cold immersion and cold therapy as a way to show that as well as a breathing technique so his the wim hof method is a combination of of breathing exercises deep breathing exercises and then cold immersion and so I was fascinated by this. I, I heard him on a podcast and I was like, this, this guy's got a crazy story, like uh, talking about the mind body connection. They injected him and other people he trained with, um, with the E. coli virus. And, um, just through the power of like visualization and with bre breath work, they, they, they fought off their, they suppressed their immune response to it. So it's fascinating. It's like changing science. Wow. That, yeah. that, yeah, I didn't think it went that deep that you could go deep. virus. And um, yeah, is, is the deep. Wim Hof method, the chant that you guys did beforehand? Cause that was fascinating too. Yeah. That's just getting in the mind. That's just getting into the primal state. So I love the cold and I love dipping in the cold because it's those moments you feel alive. Like you get a rush and when you go into the cold, you're norepinephrine, the, you know, the, it's a folk, it makes, it's a, it's a neurochemical. It makes you feel vigilant focused. When you're skydiving, you get your norepinephrine boost through the roof. It jumps 530% when you go in the cold, your, your adrenaline jumps, it jumps way up dopamine jumps up 250% and it's repeatable. It doesn't diminish over time. You don't get used to it. So it, it's, it's repeatable hacking your neuro, your neuro, neurology to feel good, to feel happy, to feel focused, to feel energized. Like you get out of that Creek, you're energized. You're just like, you're blood, you're alive. So I do, I know what you mean. Even jumping in a pool, that's like 50 you, you degrees. You feel it, like, right? Yeah, it's a I mean, rush yeah. and, and it's repeatable. So I love it too, because you don't want to go like no part of you wants to go into you're sitting cozy up at a cabin. No part of you wants to go into a Creek in the snow. And, but there, there is that prime. Like, I love it because I know it's like, I don't want to do this, but I know that after I do this, I'm going to feel good. This is my drug. I'm about to go take my drug right now and doing it with people doing it with like brothers and with people. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll definitely hit you up. We're about to, my buddy Sage and I are going to do it. We, we had it planned this winter, but, but it had to get canceled with COVID, but we're going to do a retreat. Don't, don't pencil me in for that just yet. I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to jump in a creek, but I, I'm, I'm happy. I know what it's about now. Now you know what it's about. Now you know what it's about. I'm going to send you some stuff and you, uh, and we'll, we'll see, we'll get you in a cold tub at some point. We'll get baby steps into it for <laughs> next winter. That'll be the goal. But it, uh, it, it, and then you get into that primal state and you feel alive. You reclaim your humanness, your human beingness, um, that gets easily swept up. So that's, that's the, uh, that's the story behind the, uh, the Creek up in mammoth. Love it. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, dude, I appreciate you. Keep telling awesome stories, keep sharing great content, leading the way, inspiring and, uh, building that rhino gang. I'm excited to, uh, grateful to know you and excited to, uh, to be supporting you along this journey over here as, uh, as one of the others, certainly paving your own path and doing your thing. I love the mindset, the competition, and I'm excited to see you continue to succeed. Thanks, man. Yeah. Anytime. It was great. Just chatting again. Always. All right, brother. Much love. Take care, dude. All right. Later. Later.